White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter, Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter, and the show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Follow us there. Give us a subscription and hit the notifications bell. So when we drop a video, you know exactly when we do that. So here is Chris Tannehill on this beautiful evening. Chris, how are you doing? You know, at first I was doing okay, Herb, and then uh, not so much. Okay, I was I was really happy uh, this week when I found out that uh, MLB The Show 21, uh, as you are an avid show player on your PS4, uh, I was uh, anxiously awaiting the decision if they were going to cross platforms or not and go to the Xbox Series S, which I was gifted by my lovely wife for Christmas. And I was initially sad because I couldn't play the show on it. But now they've announced that they're going to cross platforms. And now if you uh, get the show 21, or so I'm assuming, assuming you will, I will be able to play against you or with you, even though we have different systems. So this is a pretty big deal. I'm going to finally be able to play the show on Xbox, and I'm very excited about it because it's by far the best Vidya game on the market. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but then uh, here's where the sadness and anger came in uh, for me this week personally. Um, you know, you think you make friends in this business and this podcast thing and you, you talk to someone and you think you know him, but our guy, Sean Evans, Herb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Evans over at complex hot ones host. We had him on the show uh, in the last year. Great guy. One of the best guys, or at least I thought he brings Fernando Tatis jr. On the show and, uh, they anoint him cover boy, uh, for MLB, the show 21 even though uh, he's a Sox fan, allegedly, um, you know, and he's a part of this whole process, I don't know, but that was the big reveal. Fernando Tatis goes on the show, uh, is going to be on Hot Ones, and and that's that. And no White Sox player is going to be on the cover of MLB The Show 2021. And even though I supplied them with, with a very, very uh, more than adequate cover, I, I believe, uh, not only is this – White Sox player, you know, does he does he exemplify everything you want in our game? Passion, you know, enthusiasm, joy, uh, swag, like everything that these video game companies, uh, you know, claim that they want to have represented on their cover. This White Sox player represents, and the the fact that they didn't put Jimmy Cordero on the cover is just really, really just stings her. But it just, I'm so irate about it. I mean, and all the trouble you had to go through too to get his signature on the game too. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, how about that, huh? Just awesome. Yeah. Awesome work right there. And so, yeah, we already had it 
set up for them. They could have scrapped that whole plan they had with Fernando Tatis, and everybody would have understood. I mean, yeah, obviously. Like, Jimmy Guns for Fernando Tatis? Yeah, of course. That yeah. moves product. Yeah, no one else in baseball, you know, tucks their sleeve upwards and, and exposes their, their biceps, you know, like no one else does that. So, yeah, we, we definitely put Jim Cordero on, uh, on the cover of your video game. My favorite part, though, is like if you go on my Twitter page and go in the Lockdown White Sox Instagram at Lockdown Sox, you can see the, the photo uh, of the, the Photoshop that I had of Jimmy Cordero on the MLB The Show 21 cover. It's a pretty good job. I think it looks pretty good. Like it looks like you could see that at a video game store and not think twice about it. Um, maybe a GameStop, uh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, the, my favorite part about going on Twitter and immediately, because I had the cover ready to go, immediately replying to the people on Twitter you know, Padres fans were like really feeling themselves uh, and they were happy for their guy Tatis. But just me replying like, oh, you guys made a mistake. And then with the photo of Jimmy Cordero on uh, on the cover and <laughs> just people not knowing who it was for one. <laughs> and like then the people thinking I'm serious too. Like those are my favorite people right there. So, you those know. the greatest. <laughs> and I do, like you said, play the show 20 uh, currently, and I killed in that game, and I'm one of the best of all time. Oh, 400, ranked in the top 400 right now. Not to be bragging, Ooh, but anybody can some, get it. Yeah, Let's if go. anybody wants some, Brett Ecknawal 23. <laughs> so it's Herb Lawrence spelled backwards, two three. Uh, but Jimmy Cordero comes in the game for me sometimes. I don't like to pitch him <laughs> as much as Ricky Renteria does, but you know sometimes I need a, a middle reliever because my guy didn't get to the fifth. So when he does come in, his sleeve is all the way down to his damn elbow. I'm like, it <laughs> mm. will be the show. Get it right. Yeah. Since you didn't put him on the cover, and I know you guys are listening, all the people are there at uh, San Diego Studios, thank you for listening. Put his sleeve in the correct length. Only his. And don't give it the option for everybody else. Like, you can't do your creative player as Jimmy Cordero. Jimmy Cordero's sleeve being all the way up to his almost shoulder is a trademark and should be uh, should be respected as such. Yeah, I'm going to boycott the game if they don't have it. I'm going to try to see if they have it, and I'm not going to do a pre-order for the game. I'm going to wait and see. And, uh, you know, I, I've waited this long for the show on Xbox, but I'll wait longer if they don't have Jimmy Cordero's guns a-blazing uh, in this game. So it's just it's a sad state of affairs all the way around. Not only do you have Fernando Tatis on that cover, you know. You know, some jackass traded Tatis. Which still which stings, by the way, seeing him still every time. I don't know if that will ever go away. I know we got T.A., and he's also on a video game, RBI Baseball, the one everyone plays quite naturally. Um, but yeah, see. Yes, yeah, so while they're at Pizza Hut waiting for their pizza to arrive, they play RBI Baseball. That's right. Um, yeah, so there's just a, the video game world that, you know, it just, it's so White Sox. It's, it's just that you can't be any more White Sox than that, than having uh, your franchise player on like the second tier video game. And I, I remember I played RBI baseball back in the day. You know, I used to have it on my phone and it's fine. I, I'll buy it. I'll support TA and see what it's like. But obviously everyone's checking for the show. It's the premier video game out there for baseball. And it does sting seeing Tatis on there. But I, I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. Like, I know we talked about it on the show at length about how it was the sort of the the mindset of the of the old regime and an old way of thinking and it was before the rebuild but it was just like a month before the rebuild man <laughs> like oh god it's just so enraging to, to, to see him celebrated and he's a, he's a hell of a player man i love watching him but just thinking of him uh, at short and, and ta at second and moncada at third it really it's enough to make you sick yeah, I saw you sent me the uh, Cespedes barbecue uh, tweet today that had yeah. a great 
uh, Swinging Friar uh, T-shirt. It's brown and it's got yellow typing, but instead of the Swinging Friar, it's Tatis. And what does it say? The printing underneath sorry, is uh, swing. It's, it's sorry for swinging. Yeah. Which I will it, say this though about Tatis being on that cover. That's fine if you want to have a guy who goes on there and he and he swings three zero uh, when the when the disrespects team the game. disrespects the game when he swings three zero and hits a grand slam uh, and he, then he uh, and then he apologizes for it afterwards. Don't forget that, folks. Don't ever forget that he was coerced into apologizing for doing that. Our guy TA by his manager, yes, and and damn Eric Hosmer, <laughs> yeah. Our guy TA never apologizes for being him. Okay, so. Maybe rethink that next year. But just real quick here. So who do you think will be the next White Sox player, if ever, uh, to be on the cover uh, of the show? How long will it take? Hello, Jimenez. I already did the prediction of him winning the MVP for this year. Okay. I think his personality. Oh, yeah. Absolute amazing game will make him a star in the major leagues. And people will be clamoring for Eloy. And I think that's starting next year. Okay, and I could see it like all the kids like all of a sudden they want to have their red batting gloves like like Eloy. I could see it taking off, man. Like the guy's got electric personality. He's gonna go out there and hit a ton of bombs this year. So yeah, okay, I like that. I I would tend to think it would it would be TA. I think TA is in the bloodstream now. Like being on the RBI baseball, take the next step. Like he's the closest thing we have to a, a star, and he is a star. And we'll get to his uh, his. Uh, slightage MLB Network sliding him on the on the top ten shortstops list. I think we're going to dedicate a whole episode next week about how MLB Network is sliding all the White Sox best players. So we'll we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, man, I think it'll be TA, and uh, this is the best shot to have a Sox player in 2022 because you're looking at a possible player strike and it just oh god, it's all types I mean, of ba- all types typical, of bad. <laughs> yeah, typical, you like have 94. Yeah, but this cruising. time you have a pandemic and then a player strike. It's just like, good lord, man! It's really, you know, which is really baffling why you didn't sign Trevor Bauer. Like, this is it, man. This is your. This may be your best shot at a ring. Like, you don't know what's going to happen next year. But I don't know. I don't want to be too negative right now. We have a mailbag to get to. A lot of really good questions. A lot of spirited questions. All right, Herpy. Without any, Herpy. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, Herbie. Should we open the bag? <laughs> a lot of emails we're going to try to get to some there's another email Herpy. I love email oh we love your emails too how can the Lockdown White Sox listeners get us an email so we, they can have their thoughts read on the Lockdown White Sox podcast sometimes it's on Monday we call it Mailbag Monday sometimes it's Tuesday we call it Talk to Us Tuesday but sometimes when we got things a log jam in the week like the White Sox log jam of fifth starters we do what up Wednesday like we have this week how can they get their emails read on the show Herbie or Herbie send it to lockedonsocks at gmail.com that is lockedonsocks at gmail.com with your questions comments don't have to be about sports or baseball in particular whatever you write we will read them and some of them will make it to these episodes all right, absolutely. First one coming in here from Patrick. Patrick writes this. Stop me if you heard this one, guys. A locked on sucks. Oh, sucks. I'm telling my Doug Buffone here. Cubs sucks bears. A Freudian slip there. Hey, I'm Doug Buffone. Cubs sucks bears. A locked on socks. Help me out with this one. Tamag. 
Gucci, Tamaguchi, Gugichi, or whatever. He see, this is Patrick saying, whatever the fuck those pocket animals that girls used to kill in junior high. You guys need the best damn White Sox radio producers to gather up eight to ten quick audio files and put them in a key fob with a little speaker so Hawkeroo can finally give me an I love email and a stretch when appropriate or not as most often is the case um some of the suggestions patrick would have for our locked on white Sox key fob you guys remember now i know what he's talking about like back in the day early 90s they had like a what a different world it was it was a keychain where you press a button and it would just have a swear word <laughs> do you remember those herb <laughs> i don't will you get it from like uh stewart's like, yeah like a prank store or whatever but it's like if any older cool person had those where just you press a button and it would swear like a little key fob with sound effects kind of like my uh my talking hawk bobblehead back here which i'm not going to grab because i don't need hawk to take another tumble uh but uh, patrick would have uh the todd frazier you take over i'm heading downstairs um, you know, he'd have a, a Les Grobstein thing on there, a two terabyte extension, or you could just plug in with no, nothing but Les Grobstein clips. I'd like the three technique personally. Just have a button where Les Grobstein reads off what the three technique is. I, I would use that every day. Um, but he says, love the pod. Uh, you guys are crushing it and all this, uh, panademia and off-season downtime uh so yeah what what would you put on a locked on a white Sox key fob herbie what is what are some of your favorite like Sox sound things to play uh as a radio producer as a Sox fan what would you put on a locked on a white Sox key fob i mean of course i would put ed farmers quit yelling yep. that's like my favorite thing here it is quit yelling that's yep that's up there I forgot who he was saying this to. I don't know if he was saying to the Detroit guy who uh, does the opera back in the day. He was a Detroit <laughs> vendor. But, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Um, let's see. I love uh, the TWTW. I mean. Yeah, that's a classic. TWTW. That's the will to win. That's on there for sure. That's an all-timer. You can't get you can't get any better than those things. I mean, back in the day, Hawkey said, you know, say grab some bench. And that, uh, out of all his sayings, Grab some bench was my favorite. Grab some bench, yes. Yeah, do you remember when he gone first took off? Like it wasn't until like later. I think it was like oh 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 three oh four, maybe even early oh five, where he gone took off, and that shit was like on every t shirt imaginable, and it was like really great. Like as the socks were really good, but it was like a guy coming up with a new catchphrase that late in his career it was pretty good for the old hawk. Like I would, me personally, I would just have I would just have Jason Bed- Benetti on a loop. I would have one button, and it would just be uh, Jason Benetti. Chris Tannehill loves it more than anything in the world. <laughs> that was one of the great moments of 2020 for me. But I, I think, really, I would have uh, – I'd have – you know, we're going to use this one a lot this year, I think. I added a new button to my machine here. See, I have a machine that, that plays drops at, at will, so I'm a little spoiled in that regard. But we can have uh, – we're going to use this one a lot here, I think, Herbie. Eaton, nobody like you. <laughs> um, I, I, I think with Ozzy on it. Um, I hate it as a person. I know hate it as a player. Yeah, so Ozzy talking about Swish, but I think my all-time favorite one, uh, you know, we talked about this before, is uh, is Farmio after a bad loss to the Twins. Have a great night. Don't talk to me tomorrow about what happened, friends. I know I'm going to see you at the health club. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of uh, nominees on there. But, yeah, we you guys hear all the drops all day, every day here. But, yeah, thank you, Patrick, just for checking in. Figured we'd start the bag on, on a lighter note here today after our very deep dive into why the White Sox are so depressing and why they brought back Carlos Rodon. So, uh, yeah, uh, everything's negative. I get it. Everything's negative. The glass is always half empty. That's right. My glass is half full with bleach. 
much. Uh, thank you, Rick Hahn. Uh, moving on here. Uh, next one, just I want to give a shout out to Ryan Gleason. We talked about One Away Fest. We talked about Sox Fest. Did you see her be the photo? I'll give you a second to pull it up if you haven't seen it, but you, you, you go through and you curate the emails. Did you see Ryan's photo with uh, Hawk and Wimperoo there from Sox Fest of like mid-90s? Did you see what a great photo that was? Ryan Gleason shared this photo of, of himself as a little boy um, at Sox Fest. It like Hawk looks young Hawk. It's a, This is a weird photo. He didn't say what year it was. But uh, Ryan is very young in this photo. Hawk looks younger Hawk. Like Hawk looks like early 90s, like Comiskey Park just closed. Uh, But Wimpy looks like, you know, late 90s Wimpy. So I have no idea what's going on here and how how old this picture actually is. But it's great. Wimpy's got the goatee going. So it would lead, lead me to believe that this would have been like maybe 95, 96. Uh, Hawk is wearing the standard uh, Hawk uniform. He's got like the the, the golf uh, the golf sweater and, and turtleneck mm-hmm. under, or not turtleneck, the golf polo underneath the vest. And he's got the classic Hawk cap and Ryan Gleason noting, low-key, Hawk had a great hat. And I have one here sitting behind me, it. one of the things that I got from the White Sox Charities Garage Sale. Um, it doesn't really fit because I'm not a snapback kind of guy, so I don't I don't like the snapbacks. But uh, it is just a great piece to have here. I, I love the hawk the hawk golf cap. Like AJ had one, and I remember they re released them a couple years back, and I was never able to get one, but I finally got one at the White Sox Charities Garage Sale. So thank you, Ryan, for this great photo. This is so 90s, uh, just everything here. Uh, you know, it looks like they're at a Mexican restaurant here on this table that they have. Oh, I just I just spotted this old cell phone here. Uh, probably belong belongs to one of the guys. It's right in between Hawk and Wimpy. But this is like, yeah, this, this is like maybe, this could be late 90s here, the way this looks like, this Nokia looks here. But yeah, it was a funny picture. And uh, Hawk's got his arm around young Ryan. And uh, just it brought a smile to my face here uh, as we record this episode. So thank you, Ryan, for reaching out uh, and, and the, for the kind words about the show. Uh, next, moving on here, we've got one from Roger in Raleigh. Roger says this, hello, guys. I know it's a little early yet, but I like to look ahead. Do the Sox draft more high upside, high risk high schoolers in the year's draft or stick to college guys based on trades this offseason? A lot of top players were traded for those young high school, lower ranked prospects. That's Roger and Raleigh at Sox Supporter One on Twitter. Aha, Roger, you've been listening when we're talking about these these high schoolers. You know, that's uh, what these uh, draft scouts love about these high schoolers, man. They get older and they stay the same age. Um, so, what do you think, Herb? Will Sox break form and finally draft some high ceiling high potential high school players i would hope not i just want the white Sox to do their type of scouting um actually their scouting has not been great but (laughs) i mean it's worked out for a couple people uh you know lately but you know the minor leagues are not as good as they should be with all the time that rick hans had a chance to revamp it and a couple minor league directors under his tenure as as far but i don't see them changing i just want them to draft as they see fit if they want to go along with this wave and try to acquire these high risk players high reward players do your thing if you see that is the wave and that's how people are going to be doing in the future go ahead and do it but also remember that the cba is going to expire this year so so many different things are going to be different 
from this year to the next year. I don't know what's going to happen to the draft, if it's going to expand or contract. I mean, last year it contracted to only five rounds, which left a lot of players out there um, not getting drafted as usual. I think this year they're being expanded back out to like 20. So I don't know what's going to be in 2022. So I, I would hope that they just go with their gut, whoever the – Who's the draft Nick now? Is it uh... Mike Shirley? You're thinking about her. Okay. Mike Mike Shirley is the new White Sox director of amateur scouting. Okay, yeah. So yeah, Mike Shirley would be more likely to draft uh, guys with high upside with potential. He and his staff pointed out Garrett Crochet, and it looks like he was right. He was smart on his draft. The guy got to the majors faster than anybody in his draft class, and it looks like he has a bright future. So if we keep on getting guys like that from Mike Shirley, I'll be very happy, very, very happy. I want I want him to do the things that he thinks necessary to get the White Sox uh, farm system back up to where it needs to be because after we traded all these people away and acquired all the people we got from the trades, I thought we were at the apex of where we were in uh, minor leagues. We had some of the best uh, prospects ever. Now they've all graduated for the most part. And so uh, the cupboard's bare. It's only four guys in the top 100 and Baseball America's top 100 uh, prospects. So way down from where they were, good and bad. You have those players in the major leagues, bad because you don't have a lot of reserves for the players that you might want to acquire that are coming up short, like your right fielder, designated hitter, and starting pitching. Yeah, I don't think this will ever be a thing, you know, Mike Shirley still, you know, you can see why he was promoted so quickly. Like if, if if 2020 and the results you saw on the field there, maybe it's it's a it's it's a multi-pronged here. Maybe it's Mike Shirley spotting the talent and finally their guys in the lower levels are coaching him up. Like you remember, you know, hearing stories about Tim Anderson when he was coming up through the lower levels of the White Sox organization talking about how they didn't really even use video that much, you know. It just just they were so behind, but maybe you're you're finally seeing some forward thinking there and you're seeing smart people and it seems like at least, you know, maybe Rick Hahn is having his way in terms of the guys that are drafting and developing. You know, we we don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. We know, you know, Nick Hostetler was kind of brushed aside and, you know, Doug Lauman, who was there forever and responsible for the lack of, of, of development and drafting of, of any all-star position player talent uh, in the White Sox system. But now they have some, some, some different guys in there, and it's, it's, so far it's encouraging. We talked about uh, with James Fox. James Fox was talking about how Jared Kelly is the one name that everyone's asking for in trade packages. So that's another guy that was just from this past year's draft. So, yeah, but in terms of drafting high schoolers, you know, I don't think it's ever going to become the norm for the White Sox to do that. Like, I just don't see it happening because, you know, if I could just make it an analogy here, like the White Sox, like they like to have their meal already like warmed up, ready and, and ready to eat. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to invest in the best ingredients possible, the things that take time to, to cook and prepare like that. Those are high school players, right, with with high ceilings. And, you know, those guys are risky. But a lot of times those are the guys that that hit, right? And those are the guys that are your, your MLB superstars if you look around the league, right? It's not guys that played a lot of college ball. Say what you want about your guy Slappy Herb, but, you know, usually it's high school guys, right? But the Sox, instead of buying groceries, 
buying the fresh ingredients from your local butcher and, you know, going to a farmer's market or an, or an Ed Farmer's market. Uh, He's on the team for next year. You know, you can go there too. But, you know, they just like to go to like a Mariano's hot bar and they want to bring the, the food home while the food often has been sitting around all damn day and no one else has, has taken the food, but they think they can make the food taste good or they can make it work and they'll just pop it in the microwave for a little bit and they'll be ready to go and that they'll be satisfied by that. Like that's the only analogy I could think of is like the socks yeah the socks they don't like to invest in high school kids man like jerry reinsdorf likes to put his money on 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 commodities that he believes will be at the major league level sooner than later and you know he doesn't want to throw millions of dollars at a kid who, who could conceivably not be at the major league level for like four or five years you know so i think that's just the way they've always operated and that's one of those things that i believe is an organizational philosophy maybe it's not shared by everyone but I from mean, the, the top you down got, you got the courtney hawkins thing right there it's like <laughs> he, he probably went into kenny is like and uh and rick is like see told you <laughs> right so like that's another one of those things too like with courtney hawkins like it takes forever to see if if those guys are even gonna like you you, you end up forgetting that they're even down there and they're adolfo even though he wasn't really a draft pick right he was a international signing I mean, we picked him in 16. He's, what, 24 now? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, and, and I think in the days prior, like the Sox didn't have that infrastructure in place to develop those guys once they're signed internationally or drafted. But I think maybe the state of the organization is a bit better in that regard, hopefully. But, yeah, maybe you, you'll see a shift. But I just don't think that that's something that they're willing to budge on. They like having. And you could say, say also that it goes into the Fernando Tatis trading where he's young, hadn't developed necessarily, and people at the time were like, good, not, we don't think he's going to be that. Like, people are like, he's good, but he hasn't developed as a defensive player. He hasn't developed his glove as yet. His bat's not there yet. And so maybe that goes into it. And Rick's like, you know, we can include this guy who might hit or might not. And Jerry's like, yeah. Throw that big guy in there. F it. He's like in he's like in little low A or something like in the develop the Dominican League. Yeah. F him. Michael's Throw gonna it. be running the team by the time he gets up here. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Get that guy out of here. We need that. We need the, the proven commodity that yeah. James Shields is. Big game James. And so I think maybe you're right. You're that analogy's perfect. It's like, yeah, you want to go home with the rotisserie chicken that's already cooked for you. You know it's gonna be good, but it could be better if you would have made it yourself. With a little rosemary, time took a little bit more time and didn't have it in the thing for eight years, uh, just warming and getting ready for people just to eat it immediately. Yeah, I think the White Sox would take an entire rib roast and pop it in the microwave. <laughs> you know, no seasoning, no it's slow developed. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, thank you uh, for the email. Uh, moving on here, uh, let's take a quick time out here actually, and we'll get to some intriguing names that the Sox maybe could possibly pick up at the deadline. Here, uh, we'll finish off the mailbag. Get to our, our buddy Mister Hand too in a second here. Right here on Locked On White Sox. All right, Herbie, this episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Are you guys ready for some football? Well, the big game is just a few days away here coming up on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it, Herbie. And now there's only one place that has you covered if you want to make a little friendly wager or maybe a high stakes uh, wager for the, for the big game. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's, of course, Bet Online. 
betonline.ag. You sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code locked on. That's locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, Herb. So, I mean, what this is what everyone's talking about here. The big game on Sunday, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, the line as we sit here recording this still uh, Chiefs uh, three-point favorite here. I, I made a play on this. I know how sometimes these lines tend to move uh, as, you, as you get on through the week here, but I, I jumped on that three-point spread very early right after those title games ended. But is there anything else you're looking at uh, in terms of this game or maybe anything else that you're looking at uh, around the sports landscape here? Oh, yes. I'm jumping on that negative three for the Chiefs. Um, lay, Chiefs uh, laying that three points is an easy bet to me. I know people say it's a fool's errand to go against Tom Brady, to bet against him. And I lost last time I bet against Tom Brady, but this is a different animal. The Kansas City Chiefs are a team of destiny and the best team in the NFL. And if you got beat by the Woeful Bears, I don't think you can beat uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, no matter if you are playing at home, which the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. So I'm still all over the Kansas City Chiefs laying the three, that's my favorite bet. I put a lot of money on it, and I think it's going to come through. <laughs> what'd you put? What'd you, what'd you put? I put a hundred on it. What'd you put on it? I put four hundred dollars. Ooh, son. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Herb's Herb's gonna give me that barbecue smoker <laughs> if he wins that one. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah, that's it's fun, man. Gives you something else uh, besides rooting for. You know, maybe rooting for against. Maybe hedge a little bit there. Uh, but yeah, it's it makes watching the big game so much more fun when you got a little something at stake. And if you're a first timer like I am, like you know, I, I don't have a lot of experience with this stuff. It's so easy to navigate. I made a play in the title game, and I and I and I came out. Uh, in, in the in the black or in the green, as they say, uh, you know, when I talked about the Chiefs covering that one easily against Buffalo. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Locked on White Sox is also brought to you by rockauto.com. You know, friends, there's so many different makes and models numbers of makes and models of automobiles these days, it's become impossible for your local big box auto parts store around the corner to stock all of those parts that your car is ever going to need. So why endure the process of going into said auto parts store, asking the guy at the counter if they've got the parts you need for your vehicle, they look in their system and only see what their inventory has in their warehouses, but At the same time, they're charging you a different rate than they are for a professional mechanic. Well, why do that when you have access to a vast, vast catalog of auto parts at rockauto.com? You know, there's a lot of different reasons why you should maintain your automobile, but the most important one being money. You save money, preventative maintenance. It's one of the most important parts of being a car owner is maintaining your vehicle. So why pay more than you have to go to rockauto.com and see all the parts your car is ever going to need. In those chain stores, I said, different prices for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Well, Rock Auto's prices, they're always the same for everybody. And guess what? They're always reliably low as well. Rockauto.com offers the best and lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, like how airlines do. You're not flying a plane. You're trying to maintain your car, okay? So go to rockauto.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And now, back to the show. Mark Zipchinski. 
Yes, that's exactly the way he's pronounced it. I know, Hawk, you're waiting with bated breath as to what is a Zepchinski? <laughs> it is a turnip. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> well, my my name is Little Prayer. A bee. There's a difference in a little prayer and a turnip. <laughs> it's a turnip. I'm sorry. That's his genetics. Here is Kevin Smith. Locked on White Sox, we're back. Herb Lawrence, Chris Tannehill. We're covering everything you need to know about the Sox, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's resume the bag here, Herbie. There's an interesting uh, concept here. And it's fair revisiting before we get to a name that uh, I think is very intriguing uh, for the deadline. But Jesse and Hobart, Indiana writes, how would you guys grade the offseason so far? Now, not a lot has changed here. Uh, there's only a couple new names here since the last time we did our grades. We did our grades after the Liam Hendricks signing, I believe. But, you know, with uh, in hindsight, now uh, looking ahead with the Sox, no other moves to be made other than maybe backup catcher. How are you grading the offseason so far for the White Sox? I would say a total would be B minus. It's good, but I expect more of them. It's like the Herb Lawrence story. Every single parent teacher conference was like that. Herb's smart, but doesn't want to do work. Herb's smart, <laughs> but, you know, homework needs to be done. You know, and we expect A's out of him. He's what we expect to be a scholar, a scholarly person. And, doesn't want to be so this is the white Sox. you can do better you are giving a good effort and it's passable and b minus is a good grade but it's not you you are a team dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and so yes you're getting a b minus take it if you want but you're better than that Oof, that's a lot higher than I thought you would go. I'm going to give him a, a C, and it's like not even like a solid C. Like it's on very weak ground, like a hovering towards C minus, even though I don't believe in the plus minus. Either you either are or you aren't. But yeah, they, they came into the offseason. They had clear needs that needed to be addressed. And I believe they did the bare minimum in terms of addressing those needs. Uh, the, you know, Lance Lynn trade was great, but only for one year. And you lost starting pitching depth to get him for just the one year. Now they could sign him to an extension. I don't know if that's money well spent. Um, when you look at the age of some of the guys around him, you know, maybe if he has a great year, I'd certainly be uh, open to evaluating it later on. But you, you, you address starting pitching, good. Uh, that's fine. You had a closer spot open up. You 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 got the best guy on the market there. Congratulations to you. But it's a it's a guy that only pitches, uh, you know, a couple times a week. You know, um, and, and one inning a shot really. And really, that's Liam Hendricks is a is an acquisition made for October. So you know that. But just as I see it now, it's like okay, you addressed the need right there. Congratulations. You know, uh, I would have been content them taking that money and, and putting it elsewhere. Um, and then right field, you know, did you really address your 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 gaping hole in, in right field, the black hole? Adam Eaton's going to have to to show out this year and, and prove us wrong. But you know, to jump the market on Adam Eaton and and as the details came out, we haven't even talked about Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson goes to the Cubs, uh, and we find out later on that the LA Times, I believe it was reported, 
that Jock Peterson had a year uh, had an offer from the White Sox one year, ten million. Jock Peterson wanted multiple years and tries to bet on himself, ends up losing, uh, at least in the short term. And the White Sox, we know now that that was their top candidate for um, right field. You know, so I don't know how you feel about that. We never really talked about that, but instead you go to to option B, which was Adam Eaton. So you're already you know, uh, conceding early on in the offseason and making a move that I don't think you had to to make. I think you could have waited waited and got it Adam gotten Adam Eaton. Uh, you you could have gotten him now. I think for less money conceivably, and you know if they're so poor uh, as they said, you know they could use that money uh, elsewhere at the deadline possibly. But that's a move that Adam Eaton had a bad year last year, and I believe it could work. I believe he'll he'll provide balance to the lineup and a guy that that'll scrap and get on base at any cost and you have a guy like that on your team he'll extend an inning get the big boppers up there and you know those are the kind of guys that make a difference but he's got to be on the field and be healthy he'll play a good defense in right field but you know that's just a it was a, it was an eh move at the time and I think the history will show is it's a fine move but it doesn't certainly doesn't wow you it wasn't Michael Brantley you know who would have been a good DH spot and there was the DH thing too that they haven't filled um you didn't sign George Springer so you did the absolute bare minimum you had the bare minimum pieces of flair for your offseason so I got to give him a C and uh you know I guess I don't want to be too hard a D would be too hard but I think a solid C is only fair from my perspective so uh Thank you, Jesse, for checking in. Uh, wrapping it up here soon. Just got a couple emails left here. This one coming in from Alex, and I teased this one a little bit yesterday and earlier today. Uh, you can follow Alex on Twitter at SocksideIrish99. Um, we all know you guys how you feel about certain familiar players being brought back in trade talks, mainly because we all feel a similar way. This is not at all possible, nor do I think it is, but what do you think – about if Jerry did a Jerry and traded to get Chris Sale back to the Sox. This sounds like such a Reinsdorf move that it's given me a headache thinking about it, and I'm curious on your thoughts. P.S. Herb, keep up the good work betting against my Buccaneers. It's worked so far in the games against Drew Orleans and Green Bay, and I'm hoping that gives a good mojo to the Bucks in a big game a little bit here. Uh, thanks, guys, and have a great day. That's Alex. So, uh, Herb, going against Tom, Gra- Tom Brady there. How about that? Throwing a little shade at you. But what do you think about the concept of Chris Sale coming back? Ooh, um, not a fan. Not a fan at all. It's coming off of Tommy John. I know he'll be probably restored on the 95-plus mile-per-hour mile fastball slider. will be still filthy. But, no, we've moved on already from Chris Sale. I know that I gripe about getting a top of the line starting so we can have only Dylan Cease as our question mark on our starting rotation. But you would have to give up a decent amount still to get Chris Sale. I know Boston's trying to sell off everything for – pennies on the dollar but still i would rather had gone out and got the guy trevor bauer that's only going to cost you money chris sale's going to cost you money he's got a long-term deal signed with boston and he's going to cost you some draft capital and or uh prospects so it's going to be a bad way to acquire him i don't know if the guy is the guy anymore yeah, I, mean, I, I I can't judge him because of the injury he had, and he was looking bad his last year he was starting. So I feel like if it's the Chris Sale that left here or the guy who was pitching early in Boston, yeah, I mean, no-brainer, but I don't know. It's a question mark for me. You, Danny? 
Yeah, I mean, I I think you know I, I don't think Chris Sale is going to fall off off the, uh, the the cliff just because he had Tommy John. Like I don't know if it'll benefit them much this year to have him. He, he'll come back in the midway point of the season, I believe, and we'll wait and see there. But above all, Chris Sale still has about a hundred million dollars left on his contract. Chris Sale's a he's locked in with the Red Sox through twenty twenty five. Here's what he's slated to make this year: thirty mil. So even if you get Boston to pay like half of that, you think Jerry Reinsdorf's going to spend fifteen million dollars for a, for a guy for half a season? You know, then you'll have a more for for longer than that, obviously. But just in terms of this year's budget and how tight they've been with money this off season, I can't imagine just them finding at least you know at the, this is bare minimum. I think a fifty fifty split at fifteen million dollars. He's owed thirty million this year. Uh, he's owed thirty million in twenty two. That goes down to twenty seven five uh, in twenty three, twenty seven five in twenty. And twenty million in twenty twenty five. So that's all. It's a lot of money left on that deal, man. And I, I think all of us as White Sox fans, you know, it, this was like one of the first things that hurt about the rebuild. Like when Rickon finally committed and started trading off pieces. Uh, you know, it felt good that they were moving in a direction. But then w- once it finally started to to really, you, f- you feel the pain from the rebuild is when you see uh, Chris Sale in that Red Sox uniform, and there he is. Uh, in a in a clinching game in a World Series, he's on the mound. He's he's the one getting the final out for the Red Sox in a World Series, and it's something that we thought we would always see with the White Sox is is Chris Sale being the ace of a, of a World Series winning winning team, and you know being the guy. And you know, but Chris Sale never even pitched in a playoff game in a White Sox uniform. So I think it's you know you're right, Herb. It's just it's time to move on from thinking like that. You know, I'm not saying Chris Sale is not going to be a dominant pitcher again, but just when you look at the money, I just don't think it'll ever happen. I, I think you're right when you say that you know it's not going to happen. But yeah, it's your instincts are right there because you just look at this money; it's too much. Uh, they could certainly afford it. Anyone can afford it, really. But the White Sox are not that type of team to make that type of commitment for a guy who you know is going to be in his what mid 30s at the end of this contract at the, at the very least. You know, I don't have Chris Sale's age here, but yeah, it's just it's it's not practical for the White Sox. But just as a Sox fan, yeah, Chris Sale's th- going to be 32 uh, this season. So yeah, you're you're talking about him being like 36 years old at the end of the contract, but. That's a guy that I, I always thought would hope to you know close his career with the White Sox. You know he's one of the greatest pitchers in White Sox franchise history. But I think uh, it's time to close the chapter uh, of that book right there with Chris Sale. I would love it. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see him be the guy. You know to to get a bring a ring here to the White Sox, but it's just not practical. I don't think. But thank you, Alex, for checking in as always at Sox Side Irish ninety nine. Uh, wrapping it up here. Our guy, Mr. Hand, who was notably absent from the 108 Fest. I was hoping to, to see his uh, smiling face there. Uh, but he was he was absent from that. But he did uh, check in uh, with the mailbag here. And uh, he did send us something very funny. We talked about uh, socks in your box with our guy, um, Uncle Pete. And uh, <laughs> Mr. Hand here was kind enough to send us a photo of Ribby and Rhubarb face down appears uh, to be in their own bile. Uh, I don't know if this is a, a long night of drinking for Ribby and Rhubarb, too much 108-ing, uh, but thank you, Pete, for the photo. And then he just checks in as we're recording here. He says, fellas, wait, let's hit Mr. Hand's button here. What are we doing? Shame on me. Hello, my name is Mr. Hand. Pete Hand says this, fellas, I'm listening to your latest and greatest, listening to Tanny's measured response, and I had a thought. Is it possible that they put out that they are tapped out so that the teams who are competing for players they want maybe make a smaller offer since there's, quote, no competition? 
basically applying a lesson learned from the Machado fiasco by doing what San Diego did. Frankly, I do not know if they are ballsy enough to do that. Just a thought. Thank you, Pete, for checking in as always. What do you think about this concept about the White Sox outsmarting anyone? <laughs> I mean, that was the only thing I can think that would be benefit. You know, the key bono. Who benefits? Qui bono. Like, qui bono. I can't even speak whatever language maybe, that is. Maybe it's que bono in Italian or Spanish. I don't know, but I think this was Latin. Qui bono. Uh, qui bono. Qui, qui bono. <laughs> and so uh, I don't know. In, in Pete's is the only thing that makes sense where you're just doing that to have a game on the other side of it where you want them to bid low and then you go back over the top after their agent comes back to you and make sure that uh, you let them know that maybe that, that uh, report was just smokescreen. Don't even listen to that. And you send it out there for Bob to report it. But Pete's guesses probably sounds the best out of anything that, because otherwise it doesn't make sense at all for them to let that news go out. I like Unless Pete. you're trying to play a game with the rest of the press I, and other teams. I like Pete, man. Pete's a romantic at heart, I could tell, because he keeps coming back to this concept about maybe the White Sox have something up their sleeve. Maybe they'll prove us wrong. Like, you know, Pete's like all of us. He's got like the the the, the battered, uh, you know, spouse syndrome here with the White Sox. Like they've been punishing us our entire lives, and he thinks that all of a sudden that they're going to, you know, uh, learn a lesson from the Machado thing, which I hope they did. I hope they did learn a lesson from the Manny Machado fiasco and members of the Manny Machado fiasco. I saw them at Double Door back in the day, but I, I I don't think that this is what they're doing. I you know you you put it all all the pieces together if you have your you know always sunny in Philadelphia storyboard of the crime and and the offseason Rick Hahn, my team's on the floor. You know, the Carlos Rodon signing, you, you, you connect all these dots and it doesn't seem like a team that's out here ready to, to lay down uh, the, the checkbook and, and, you know, hand a blank check to Trevor Bauer or whoever. You know, it just it's not adding up. I would love that if that were the case, if the White Sox finally outsmarted someone instead of being the, 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 the team that got outsmarted. I hope you're right, Pete. I really do. I, but just, you know, we all know this franchise for, for far too long. And I just don't think it's happening, but I certainly would love to see it happen. But uh, with that, that uh, brings our What Up Wednesday to a close, a spirited edition with uh, uh, all sorts of emails and you know complaints, grievances, ideas. I like it, man. The, the, the wheels are, are churning here for, uh, for our Locked on White Sox fans and trying to make this team better, trying to find creative ways uh, other than just doing the obvious thing, which is sign Trevor Bauer. But uh, that's all I got. Uh, I know you're going to talk about the YouTube page here. Up now I have our segment from the 108 Fest, which is just Herb and I segment with Beef Loaf, Cherizi E, and My Sox Summer. Also, I think uh, Alyssa Bergamini's in there for a little bit. Um, James Fox before he tapped out. Uh, the the new dad that he is, um, and uh, who else was in there Josh with Nelson, Josh Jim Nelson Margulis. and Jim Margulis? Yeah, they're in there as well from Sox Machine. So yeah, that our segment from 108 Fest is up on our YouTube page, uh, Locked On White Sox on YouTube, and uh, I'm gonna tr- hopefully send out the first prize pack this week. If there's not any issues in production, uh, I want to send out a T-shirt and a mug to uh, to a, uh, a loyal listener. So that's all I got, Herbie. And uh, how can they get a hold of us for the next Mailbag Monday? Send your emails to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com with your questions, your emails, whatever you want to call, write us, send it to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. We read most of them. Most of them will make the show, not all of them. 
So thank you very much for sending your emails to LockedOnSox at gmail.com. And thank you for listening to this What Up Wednesday edition. Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. And Locked on Socks is how you follow us here on Twitter and on Instagram. And as Tanny said, go to YouTube right now and subscribe and hit the notifications bell so you can get all the times that we drop a new video there on YouTube. So thank you for that. For Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to another episode of Locked on Socks.